I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass, busted draft pick, and game-changing play. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow and listen to Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. I mean, the possibilities are limitless, Kevin. What if Portland drafted Michael Jordan? What if the NBA never vetoed the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers? That's a butterfly effect for real. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. We are your co-hosts, Maggie Loney and Perry Goldstein. And today for the show, we will be doing first picks for all of the Packers 2020 opponents. So not necessarily first round picks because we have quite a few teams we're, we're playing this year, uh, like the Colts, the Texans and the Bears that don't actually have a first round pick. Um, and then some of the teams that the Packers will be playing, like the Jaguars, and the Vikings have two picks. So we will be going through the entirety of the first round and then a couple picks into the second round to make sure that we hit every single opponent that the Packers will be playing in 2020. So Perry, let's just, let's just dive right in pick three for the Detroit lions. I feel like, I feel like we're going to be on the same page here, but let's hear who you got and why. So I went, Actually, it was something a little different because while most people will expect the Lions to take Jeff Okuda, here I chose to have them take Isaiah Simmons, who, in my opinion, is the best and most versatile defensive player in the draft. Plays linebacker, plays safety, plays everything. He says he just plays defense. Um, The Lions have multiple holes on defense at edge and safety, and uh, he's the kind of player who can help immensely in multiple areas um, and the kind of player you build a team around. Not that I want to play him twice a season, (laughs) but um, yeah, so I have them actually skipping over Okuda and taking Simmons. So I'm having a really hard time pronouncing my L's today because I almost called them the loins. So there's just something (laughs) in the air with me. But uh, I do have the predictable pick. Um, The Detroit Lions had to say goodbye to Darius Slay. Well, they didn't technically have to. They did for who knows why. Uh, So that's why I had Jeff Okuda going to them from Ohio State. He is far and away the best corner in the class. And if you look at the Lions defensive backs room, there's not a ton of help there right now. So... To me, I thought this was probably the easiest pick that I could make. The Lions need help in the secondary. Akuda will be a day one starter at the position. So to me, it was a lock. Jeffrey Akuda going to the Lions at pick three. I know that you used a mock draft simulator. I did as well. So if anybody is wondering about which picks were on the board when, we're not going to be that detailed because our mocks look incredibly different. Um, but we're jumping ahead now to the Carolina Panthers, pick seven in the first round. Who did you have there, and what was your rationality there? 
So I went with a very not sexy pick, but it's important. So I have the Panthers taking Tristan Wirfs. Um, They just acquired their hopefully new franchise quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. And due to that and his injury history, I have them taking one of the top offensive linemen to bolster their line and also provide great run blocking for Christian McCaffrey, who pretty much carried their team last season. Um, So hopefully... you know, he can be on the line, protect Bridgewater, help McCaffrey, and uh, offense can get rolling. So I went a different route. I went defense. And to me, it was super enticing being this high in the draft to grab another weapon for a new quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but the the Panthers offense is pretty loaded with McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, newly acquired Robbie Anderson. So it didn't feel like anyone as like a skill player was a position of need there. So then when I thought about the Panthers' most pressing needs, they were both on the defensive side of the ball in defensive line and cornerback. So because Jeffrey Okuda was already off the board for me, I really thought long and hard about picking C.J. Henderson. But instead, I decided to grab somebody who is, to me, the best interior lineman in the draft. And I picked Derek Brown out of Auburn for the Panthers because they need some help along that defensive line and Derek Brown would be an immediate improvement over who they have right now, rushing the passer. Um, the Panthers got my draft crush last year when they took Brian Burns. So mm-hmm. it was too much for me to mock Ross Blackbuck. I was going to say, if you gave them Ross, Blackbuck. wow. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, it's a great pick. Even I will admit, yeah, even I will admit that Derek Brown is, you know, the cream of the crop there. Uh, so to me, I like that we mixed it up. I like that we went offense and defense. Let's move now to pick number nine, Jacksonville Jaguars. Who you got? So in mine, Jeff Okuda was somehow still on the board. So since he slipped down to number nine and the Jaguars need some serious secondary help since they lost Jalen Ramsey this past season, uh, this felt like a no-brainer. And so I have the Jaguars taking Jeff Okuda. So for me, I was torn between, you know, a couple different guys. Derek Brown would have made a ton of sense here if I didn't already snag him for the Panthers at pick seven. A couple names still on my board uh, were Javon Kinlaw and Isaiah Simmons. I still had Simmons available. Um, The Jaguars just grabbed Josh Allen last year uh, to kind of revamp their defense. But with uh, Yaniki Gankwe theoretically being traded soon, I would expect that the Jaguars need another premier pass rusher. So I went with Javon Kinlaw uh, because I'm thinking that the Jaguars are going to lose some help along the line and they'll need another premier edge rusher. And Kinlaw is one of the best in the class at doing just that. Nice. He's one of my faves, but he'll never make it down to 30. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't even want to talk about the 49ers because I have such bad memories of them from the 2019 season, but pick 13 first of two picks for the for the 49ers, just like the Jaguars also have a second pick coming up later on in the first. Who do you have for the Niners at pick 13? So the Niners are interesting because a, I hate that they have two first rounds and (laughs) B um, they could go with this pick and take you know, I was, I was debating, you know, maybe they take a, one of those top wide receivers, but I actually thought that since they lost to Forrest Buckner, um, 
I like to think that they plan to replace him this draft since their D line is essentially how they won so many games. Um, and why stray for something that worked? So I have them picking Derek Brown, who is still on my board um, at 13. He's like we talked about elite defensive lineman, can play pretty much anywhere. Um, someone Robert Sala would have a field day with. Uh, and I'm afraid again to go up against this front. So I stayed on the path of predictability for this one, um, but it was for the same reasons that you did. The 49ers said goodbye to Emmanuel Sanders in free agency. Uh, so to me, I picked up Jerry Judy, first receiver off the board for me, because imagining Jerry Judy on an offense with Debo Samuel and George Kittle was just, again, it's not something that you want to think about unless you're a 49ers fan. I don't want to play that. Um, and I think that <laughs> with the Kyle Shanahan offense, giving him another weapon to utilize as a gadget player is something that I think the 49ers will definitely look at. They're in a really good spot at pick 13 to have kind of their pick of the litter as far as the wide receivers are concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, It's possible that they'll trade out of that spot, but I think if they want to stand pat there, a wide receiver is a really good option. The very next pick, pick 14, belongs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have a brand new quarterback. So Perry, Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on pick 14? So this is where I have Jerry Judy going. Um, the Bucks, like you said, have a new quarterback in town. So why not give Tom Brady another elite wide receiver to throw to? Um, Judy's, to me, easily like the most complete ready for the NFL receiver in the draft. And um, imagining him alongside Mike Evans and Chris Godwin kind of scares me a little bit. Like, ouch. Um, so I think that'd be a great pick for the Bucks. Um I thought about maybe taking like an offensive lineman to protect Brady, but Jerry Judy was still there. So you got to do it. Don't worry, Perry, because I took an offensive lineman to protect <laughs> Brady. Perfect. <laughs> I, I gave the Buccaneers Jedrick Wills uh, because like you said, the offense has a ton of weapons already. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, um, Tom Brady doesn't really need more weapons at this point when he has two of the best wide receivers in the NFL currently on his roster. Um, it's an improvement already over the Patriots receiving core. So to me, it is time to protect the new face of the franchise, whether you have him for one season or, you know, for however long Tom Brady decides to play, he's not going to be able to play if he doesn't have protection on the line. So to me, Jedrick Wills made sense here as one of the more complete offensive linemen who could come in and be a day one starter. Next, we have the Atlanta Falcons, pick number 16. Who you got? So this is where I have Javon Kinlaw falling to. Uh, The Falcons' defense really faltered last year. Um, They were actually at the bottom of the pack in terms of sacks and quarterback pressures. So getting a guy like Javon Kinlaw would automatically improve improve their line uh, and their defense overall. Um, he's another guy to me, just like Isaiah Simmons, you really build a team around, um, not to mention great story. And I imagine he'll end up being a a leadership presence in that locker room. Um, I'm a really, really, really big fan of his. So, um, sorry to see him go before 30. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know that this Falcons defense, you know, has taken some hits. So I, decided to give them CJ Henderson, the corner out of Florida. He ran a four, three, nine, 40 yard 
Ash, he had a perfect 10 RAS score, relative athletic score. The Falcons did lose Desmond Trufant in free agency, and their cornerback room isn't exactly something that leaps off the page as you as being at you as being one of the best in the league. Um, so I wanted to give them another immediate impact player because I think that's what you have to do in the first round. I know the Packers kind of went against the grain with a Rashawn Gary pick where he was somebody that they could develop. But most of the time, your first round pick is somebody that you expect to start for you week one. And CJ Henderson is that ideal prospect where you know that you can throw him pretty much anywhere on defense or in the secondary for the defense. And he would be fine playing that role. Mm-hmm. So next at pick 20, we have the Jaguars who have their second of two picks in the first round. So refresh everybody who your first pick was for the Jaguars and now who you have them taking with their second pick at pick 20. Yes. So I had them taking Jeff Okuda at nine and I actually decided to stick with defense um, because There was a time not long ago where the Jaguars defense was a great powerhouse um, taking them all the way to the AFC championship game. And that defense is not really what it once was. And so um, they have a pretty weak linebacker room um, and they need some help here. So I have them taking Patrick Queen, um, automatic starter, and will definitely help this defense immensely. I think we're both on the same page as far as going with defense for the Jaguars in the first round. I had them taking Javon Kinlaw at pick number nine. So for my pick 20, I had them taking Christian Fulton, who is a corner out of LSU. He's only 29 years old. He came from the championship LSU defense. Um, The Jaguars secondary misses the presence of Jalen Ramsey, which you already kind of alluded to with your first pick. So using the team's second first round uh, selection to snag a corner, really to them or to me feels like it would give them a high caliber defense. And if you've ever watched, watched Christian Fulton play, I don't know if it's because, you know, LSU is winning. And when you play for a championship team, you have an attitude, but Fulton has that swagger in the secondary that I think the Jaguars have missed since they lost Jalen Ramsey. He was Mm. kind of the attitude of their defense. And Fulton would be another one of those guys for me that would have kind of that same attitude when he plays. It's crazy that we're playing three teams who have two first round picks. Yeah. This season. It's a little, that's a lot. That's a lot. But that means they were, you know, they got Bad. a lot to improve on. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right. Pick number 21 belongs to the Philadelphia Eagles. One of the Packers three losses in the 2019 season. Where did you have them going here and why? So I was torn. Um, with what to do here at 21. Like it's no secret that the Eagles need help at both cornerback and wide receiver. Um, but since my draft fell the way it did, uh, the top three receivers were off the board and it felt a little early to take anybody else. So I decided to go with a top corner for their first pick, um, in CJ Henderson. Henderson was somehow still on the board for me. Um, so felt like kind of another no brainer to partner alongside their new acquisition, Darius Slay. Um, And that's a pretty scary secondary. I think it's kind of surprising that we haven't matched on any picks yet. Me too. (laughs) And we for sure won't match on Henderson because I already gave him away. Uh, But for the Eagles at pick 21, I do have them taking a wide receiver here um, because I don't think the Eagles are desperate for receiving talent, but we do know that Deshaun Jackson is nearing the end of his career. So they're going to need playmakers opposite Alshon Jeffrey and JJ Arcega Whiteside for Carson Wentz. So I gave them Denzel Mims, the burner out of Baylor, 
who I think will provide Carson Wentz with another weapon. Um, I think that, you know, with Zach Ertz, that is just a very complete offense. And if Carson Wentz continues to improve like he has the last couple seasons and stays healthy, that's a team that can make a, a real deep playoff push. So giving them another weapon, I know they do have other needs, especially along the defensive side of the ball, but it was too hard to pass up the opportunity to give them a huge playmaker at wide receiver. A small tear falls for all the Packers <laughs> players that love Denzel Mims. <laughs> Just wait, because up next we have the Minnesota Vikings at pick 22, and I can almost guarantee that they're going to take more players that the Packers uh, fans are in love with. So, Perry, pick 22, who are you selecting for the Minnesota Vikings? So at pick 22, I decide that um, – you know, the Vikings have some serious holes in their secondary, whether it's safety or corner. Um, so I have them, you know, they lost Mackenzie Alexander. They lost Xavier Rhodes, um, pretty much everyone else besides Harrison Smith and a prayer. So I have them taking <laughs> Jeff Gladney, um, a cornerback will, who will definitely start in the Vikings backfield because they desperately need someone um, and hopefully provide some much needed coverage um, potentially in that nickel corner position to start. So because I had selected Denzel Mims for the Eagles at 21, now at pick 22, if I'm the Vikings, I'm getting a little bit afraid that some of the top tier talent is falling off the board. I'm taking Justin Jefferson with my 22nd pick. I know that you're making a face right now and I feel the same way, <laughs> but beyond Adam Thielen, there isn't much going on in that Vikings wide receiver room. They did add Tajay Sharp, but by no means is anyone expecting him to fill in for Stefan Diggs. They got that second first round pick for trading away Stefan Diggs. So to me, they immediately need to take one of the top receivers in this class just to pair alongside Adam Thielen because their cupboard is pretty much bare at this point at the <laughs> wide receiver position, even though they have, a, they have a lot of bare cupboards, but we'll talk about that in just a couple seconds when we get to their second pick. But between the Vikings picks, we have the New Orleans Saints at pick 24. Mm-hmm. So what direction did you go there? Uh, okay. <laughs> so I, this one really hurt me, but if, Kenneth Murray is going to go anywhere else. Um, it's fine that it's to the Saints. Um, the Saints are pretty weak at linebacker depth, and Murray is an instant starter. They're just going to plop him in the middle of the field, let him do his thing. Um, the Saints, to me, always have a little bit of a sneaky good defense, and Murray will only make them stronger. Um, and it's something very needed for a team that's chasing uh, another ring for Drew Brees. We are so close on this one. Like we're about as close as you can be without naming the same player. Oh boy. So, <laughs> so my rationale behind this pick is I really wanted to take a wide receiver for the saints, but they did just add Emmanuel Sanders in free agency opposite Michael Thomas. So it felt like a reach to take another wide receiver at pick 24. Um, I thought maybe they would consider taking a quarterback to groom behind uh, Drew Brees since we don't know how much longer he'll be playing. And even if the saints do love Taysom Hill and they're convinced he's going to be their guy, Having another quarterback on the roster wouldn't hurt because they did just lose Teddy Bridgewater. I think round one is early for them. So because they have such a solid roster with a lot of depth, 
I gave them more speed and coverage ability at the inside linebacker position going with Patrick Queen Mm -hmm. out of LSU because to me, he is probably the quickest, best coverage linebacker in the draft. Uh, But I do like the Kenneth Murray pick there too. So on the same page there, is that the first time we've agreed on a position even for a team? Okay, well, can't can't say we're not original here at Pax, what she said. Um, next we have the second pick for the Minnesota Vikings at number 25. Where are they going? So same thought process as you for pick 22, but, um, I went with Jalen Rieger, uh, because the Vikings lost their wide receiver one this off season in digs, which we talked about. And so like, obviously they're going to take, you know, use one of these first round picks to fill that hole that he left behind. So they get a first round pick for him back and we'll use it to select Jalen Rieger, a very versatile burner that Kirk cousins can over throw to. Um, (laughs) He's dynamic and can stretch the field for this off offense. Um, I think he's a nice pairing next to Adam Thielen, very different skill sets. So if you've read my latest for cheese at DV, you will appreciate the joke I made um, about the Vikings and Lizzo's new man needing to play safety because there are no safeties on the Vikings roster. Nobody in the comment section got it. So either Cheesehead TV oh readers aren't God. Lizzo fans or it was just, <laughs> just not their cup of tea, which is highly likely. <laughs> um, I took Antoine Winfield Jr. here at pick 25 um, because there were a lot of talented cornerback options on the board for me, kind of the same People that you talked about, obviously, losing Mackenzie Alexander and Trey Waynes both went to the Bengals. They lost Xavier Rhodes. Um, So the Vikings still do need corner help here. But to me, there was not a position more lacking on the roster after addressing wide receiver than safety because they have Harrison Smith. They did franchise tag Anthony Harris. But rumors now are circulating that uh, Anthony Harris might become trade bait. On draft night, he might be involved in, you know, either a trade up, whatever happens there the Vikings literally have two safeties currently on their roster, like their entire depth chart. There are two. So I'm taking um, Antoine Winfield jr. Here. And then the Minnesota golden gopher gets to stay home in Minneapolis, which blessing or a curse. You tell us that's poetic for him, (laughs) (laughs) you know, one of those fairy tale endings to just perpetually go 10 and six. Anyway, Tennessee Titans pick number 29 who you taking and why so this was an interesting one for me um the board was in an interesting place too like for the Titans needs so I actually was thinking maybe they'd trade back out of this pick um but instead I have them because you know I only have the free version of the NFL mock draft so I can't <laughs> do that um so I have them taking Neville Galmore um they need some they need pass rush help. And I think Almore really fits the bill. Um, he definitely needs to grow as a run defender, but he's got the pass rushing skill set to make an early impact and all the tools to be really disruptive to the pocket and the quarterback. And um, yeah. We're on similar wavelengths again. Um, so to me, the Titans, you know, just invested a ton of money in Ryan Tannehill. They franchise tag Derrick Henry. Um, So it was tempting for me to take another wide receiver to pair opposite AJ Brown. um, But double dipping felt kind of rich. I really wanted KJ Hamler here just because he would offer something unique 
that their offense doesn't necessarily have. Derrick Henry is a huge run him over kind of guy. So they need that speed on their offense. Um, but instead I'm giving Mike Vrabel a toy and I am selecting AJ Epinesa to play alongside Harold Landry and Vic Beasley. I thought that giving them another playmaker on defense would really kind of round out that team. They were really close. I think we all saw they were really close in the playoffs. Um, but to hang with some of those more explosive offenses in the league, like the chiefs, giving them a speedy edge rusher is where I decided to invest the pick. We are now the Packers are on the clock, Perry. It's pick 30. No trading. No trading is allowed. No trading at at pick 30. Who are you taking for the Packers? Let's hear it. And with the 30th pick in the NFL draft, the green Bay Packers select Justin Jefferson. Yes, you heard that right. Somehow Justin Jefferson has fallen to 30 and he is our dream wide receiver too. We've all been waiting for (laughs) complete elite, ready to go um, alongside Devontae Adams, where he can catch beautiful dimes from Aaron Rodgers. Um, I know that the likelihood of this happening is not high, but you know, like this is just for fun. So it made me happy to pick Justin Jefferson. (laughs) Well, I'm going to return the favor. This is going to make you pretty happy. The Packers are on the clock at 30 and who is there, but one Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma (laughs) Packers immediately shore up the inside linebacker position. Murray can play opposite Christian Kirksey. He can drop into coverage. He is still dominant in the run game. So, ideal scenario for the Packers to have one of the top talents at the inside linebacker position available to them. It was tempting to take an offensive lineman. Josh Jones was still on the board for me. Ross Blacklock was still on the board for me on defense. Kenneth over Ross. I did. Oh my God. Yeah. So I, (laughs) I don't know how realistic the scenario is. I think Brian Gutekunst will likely choose an offensive lineman over Kenneth Murray at pick 30, but for our sake and for the fans listening, it was too poetic to not happen on Pax, what she said. Oh, my God. Imagine Christian, Christian Kirksey and Kenneth Murray together. Oh, so beautiful. <laughs> I like that you put your hands together like them being <laughs> together. Luckily, the listeners can't see all my hand motions just for you. <laughs> well, it makes me happy. So the very next pick, San Fran 49ers are taking who at pick 31? So I have the 49ers taking LaVisca Chenault, uh, a gadget wide receiver that a guy like Kyle Shanahan can do crazy versatile things with. Um, To me, he's got um, unlimited upside and in the right scheme and with a coach that can work with his skill set like Shanahan can, um, he could end up being a a mismatch nightmare. Um, And I think no one is better suited for the task. So... I have them taking a uh, offensive weapon with 31. So to me, pick 31 feels like the exact pick that a team would trade down. Um, the Niners don't have any picks in the second, third or fourth rounds. So it would probably be useful for them to see if they can get out of 31 and recoup some of that pick in those picks in the middle rounds, because two through four, that's where you get a lot of the depth in your draft. Um, so 
if I'm staying put at 31, I have the 49ers taking Cesar Ruiz. He is probably this draft's best interior offensive lineman. The 49ers said goodbye to Mike Person, who was their right guard in 2018 and 2019. They released him. So Ruiz is the best prospect on the interior of the offensive line in this year's draft class. He has the potential to play either guard or center. So he gives them a lot of flexibility there. At 31, I think that's kind of his sweet spot. I think he'll definitely be the first guard off the board. Um, And I like his position versatility. So if I'm the 49ers, I just lost one of my starters on the line. I'm taking Cesar Ruiz. If I'm not trading back, if I can't find a trade partner, that's what I got. Nice. So round one has ended. We are now moving into the second round because we have a couple more teams to go over. At pick 34, so the second pick in the second round, the Indianapolis Colts are now on the board. Who you got and why? Um, so I have them taking Josh Jones, um, top offensive tackle, uh, one that will protect their new veteran quarterback, Philip Rivers, as well as any future franchise quarterback they bring in. Um, not the sexiest pick, but I think a very necessary one for them. Um, and a good line will give them the ability, you know, to have success with Philip Rivers. Um, and I imagine that they might want to draft a quarterback later or, you know, I don't know what they're doing with Jacoby Brissett, but a good top offensive tackle is always necessary. So I did take the sexy pick because mm-hmm. you, you are trying to entice fans. You have Philip Rivers under center. Your offense is rejuvenated. You need weapons behind T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell. So I gave the Colts Jalen Rieger. He was still available for me at pick 34. I think he makes a lot of sense here as a vertical threat, kind of opposite Hilton. He gives Philip Rivers another option in the passing game. So I thought that was a good compliment for this offense. And whenever you bring in a brand new quarterback, it's always important to make them happy. I know that, you know, being upright would also make them happy. So I, I like the Josh Jones pick, but I thought let's give Philip Rivers a toy. I like it. All right. Next we have pick 40. We have the Houston Texans their first selection. So everyone on day two, the Colts, Texans, and the bears, this is their first selection in the draft. So who do you have for the Texans at pick 40? This is a tough one because Bill O'Brien has done such a piss poor job this off season and they have so many things to replace. But I think the most important thing is finding some level of replacement for Deandre Hopkins. So I have the Texans taken Brandon. Iuke um, because well, they desperately need help at wide receiver. And to me, Ayuk is a top prospect um, who could have an immediate impact on the Texans roster, catching deep passes, contested catches, everything in between from Deshaun Watson. Um, and he was easily the best wide receiver that was left on the board for me. I struggled here um, between wide receiver and defensive line. So I actually went the opposite because <laughs> Because the Texans let DJ Reader walk in free agency, he's now with the Bengals. Uh, The team needs a lot of help along the defensive line. So on my big board, Neville Gallimore was still available all the way at pick 40. So I grabbed him for the Texans here. Um, I do think that this is an offense that needs help. As much as I love Randall Cobb, I don't think he's the guy to replace the production from DeAndre Hopkins. But 
that defensive line needs some help, especially losing DJ reader, who is one of the better interior linemen in the league. So giving them Neville Gallimore as a developmental guy who can still be a day one starter made the most sense for me here to wrap up our, our 2020 opponents mock. We have the Chicago bears pick number 43. Where are you going with this? Um, I have the bears taking someone who has been long gone on yours, but who is somehow still there in the second round in Antoine Winfield jr. Um, just like the Vikings, that's who you had them taking, right? Perfect. So yeah, similar to the Vikings, they need some serious help in the backfield. Um, after losing a bunch of starters this off season, um, I think he's a perfect safety to pair alongside Eddie Jackson, um, athletic, competitive, good instincts, but definitely still has a lot to learn. And so, Putting him next side, you know, the all pro, pro bowl, Eddie Jackson partner, um, I think will allow him to develop, but at the same time play at a really high level. I have to start by telling you that I'm sorry <laughs> because <laughs> I was torn between wide receiver or interior offensive line here. So the oh, bears no. have, the bears have two picks in the second, and then they don't have any picks again until the fifth round. So they have to hit on their two most pressing needs in this second round. They could have gone interior offensive line because they lost Kyle Long to retirement. But <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> on the board, but one T Higgins out of Clemson. <laughs> and as much as it like physically hurt me to click it, he made the most sense for a Bears offense that doesn't have a quarterback, but needs uh, some help behind uh, Robinson and Miller. So another wide receiving target for Chicago. It hurt. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to root for him if he goes to the Bears. I'm so sorry, T. It's fine. Ross Blacklock has been mocked to the Lions and like everything I've seen. So we're we're going to just go through it together. It's bound to happen. <laughs> bound to happen but oh boy well that was fun I I felt bad I mean we ended on a really bad note but I (laughs) well I'm curious to see Maggie on draft day if anything we we chose ends up happening it's gonna be a no for me dog (laughs) (laughs) probably not because there's always one team that does something like super weird and throws the whole board out of whack I mean, and we also didn't talk about any potential trades except for maybe (laughs) the Niners moving out. There's going to be trades in round one. It always happens that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually am doing the round one draft night show for Pack-A-Day, and I'm fully prepared to stay up until midnight only to have the Packers trade out of the first round. So I have to talk about everything but (sighs) pick 30. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of in the mindset of, like, I expect the Packers to do it, or at least, like— do something because Goot has moved around um, in both drafts so far. So, and 30 is a really interesting place to be. All right. We didn't talk about this pre-show, but I'm just going to, I'm going to throw this out here. Forgetting everything that you've already drafted or every player, every name, pretend that everyone's available to you within reason. Remind fans who you made a selection for at pick 30 and then who are you taking at pick 62? It doesn't have to be a person. It can also just be a position, but where are you, where are you trying to go the first two rounds of the draft? So, 
That's a really good question. So, okay, in this mock, I have them taking Justin Jefferson, except that in most of my other mocks, I actually have them taking um, a defensive player, um, mostly because the top defensive players are um, – there's less depth there. So if a, if a good linebacker, a good defensive lineman is on the board at 30, um, I expect the Packers to go a little bit more that route. And the wide receiver class is so deep that they can take someone good at 62. Um, so I expect kind of defense than offense. Um, also Packers historically just spend their first round draft picks on the defense. Um, so just going off of, you know, what I've seen over the last few years, um, if Kenneth Murray is on the board at 30, like, and we do not take him, I swear. <laughs> Goot is on my poop list. I don't know if we're allowed to, cur- I don't know if we're allowed to curse in this, so he's on my poop list. But, um, but I think 62 is a perfect place to take a wide receiver. Um, someone like Michael Pittman Jr. or Brandon Ayuk, if he's still down there, I've seen that happen. So those are my thoughts. Yeah, I'm with you. I like, I would like to think that the Packers will address the need at wide receiver in the first couple rounds. I would hope that the signing of Devin Funchess doesn't deter them from doing that. I don't want them to wait until the third or fourth rounds to address what we have all perceived as a glaring need. Um, I don't necessarily think that'll be the case, but I'm also setting myself up for the possibility that the Packers will take offensive line and defensive line in some combination in their first two picks. I like Michael Pittman Jr. I think that he is the prototypical Packers wide receiver, which kind of makes me want to see them go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's also the attitude that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if if Michael Pittman Jr. becomes another target for Aaron Rodgers and they get on the same page, then I think that's all we're really looking for. Um, I If the Packers trade up, I feel like they're taking an offensive lineman. And that's just the the feeling that I have. I think if they stay at 30 or if they trade back into the early second, it's a defensive lineman. And if they trade up, it's because guys like Tristan Wirfs and Jedrick Wills are falling down the board, Anthony Thomas, mm-hmm. and they want to get up into that like top 25 to make their selection. So what do we know? I mean, <laughs> endless possibilities on draft day, endless possibilities, you know, and it's going to be a weird one too, because everyone's doing this remotely and, you know, I'm expecting, I'm expecting technical issues with this. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens, but, um, very glad that in these weird, uncertain times that our team is in the hands of the people that they are. Um, I, I always, uh, have faith that they'll make, if not good, decent, solid decisions. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think everyone wants that really fun, sexy wide receiver, you know, but you got to protect Aaron in his final years and, uh, Rick Wagner is only in contract for, I think two. So it makes sense to do a draft and develop offensive linemen now. You missed a good opportunity for a joke to say that the draft is in goot hands, but okay. <laughs> oh, but I, I left it open for you to make the pun. You did. I just walked right into it. All right, Perry, we are out of time for today's show. Tell the people, if you want, where they can find you on social media and follow all your work. 
Sure. Uh, please follow me at Goldstein Perry on Twitter. Follow the Pax What She Said podcast at PWSS Podcast. Um, if you're interested at all in Packers trivia, Aaron Nagler and I are doing live Cheesehead TV YouTube trivia every single night. Yes, you heard me correctly. Every mm-hmm. single weekday night. Um, it's just 10 questions, like 30 minutes. So super fun. Tune in. Listen to me make fun of Nagler. I don't know. That's why I tune in, really. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney, L-O-N-E-Y. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV, and I also am in the middle of the draft series with the Pack-A-Day podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening and joining us on another episode of Pack's What She Said. Go, Pack, go. Go, Pack, go. And Jones out in front. They're trying to chase him down. He's inside the 10, and he is in for the touchdown. The title is back in town. The Green Bay Packers are...